I'd like to begin by thanking God, first of all. I can't tell you what an honor it is, what a gift for me to come this morning at the end of your retreat to share with you. I'd like to consecrate this sharing this morning to the Holy Spirit, so I'd like to begin by doing that. Come Holy Spirit. Okay. Come Holy Spirit, come by means of the powerful intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your well-beloved spouse. I'd like to also pray for the intercession of Padre Llorente. I ask you, Padre Llorente, to be interceding for us. I know you've been interceding for all these beautiful women all weekend. Intercede that the will of God be done in this talk now. Amen. I was remembering as I was praying downstairs, for years I've been coming to this retreat center and I had the spiritual, the Ignatius spiritual exercises with Padre Llorente. And I thought, what a blessing, you know, to be here now with all of you. My husband just sent me a beautiful text of blessing. So I felt, gosh, I have to share this with my sisters. <laughs> so I'm going to share my husband's blessing with each of you. He said, Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I love you. So my husband in heart is, is here with us, and he's interceding. And I also want you to know that I'm not giving you a talk. I think of it as a sharing of my feminine heart, a sharing of of a woman's heart to each of your women, women's heart. And I don't come to speak to you as one. I come as a unity in our community of all the women of our community, the mothers of the cross. And in the Holy Spirit, we are one. And I cannot even begin to tell you, these women that most of you do not even know, have spent hours in the Blessed Sacrament all week praying for you and for this retreat for you. So that is the unity of the Holy Spirit. My main message to you this morning, if there's one thing you remember when, when you leave here, I want you to remember these words. I need you. Those are the words of our Lord. The Lord needs you, the women of Regnum Christi, the legionnaires of Christ need you. I don't know how many of you heard the webinar talk of Father Jason on Thursday. Did any of you hear the talk? <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Well, I had the honor of, of hearing Father Jason speak on spiritual motherhood. And one of the slides he showed um, in his presentation was in big words, I need you. 
And those were the priests, the legionnaires of Christ, speaking to you, the women of Regnum Christi, I need you. But the Lord spoke some words that say, I need you, to our family of love crucified. And I read them again, and I realized they're not just for us, they're also for you. So I'd like to share them with you. The Lord said to us, My soul cries without ceasing. My cup overflows with my tears. My beloved children are being lost for all eternity. As a mother laments for her dead child, I weep for my dead children, dead in sin. I need you, my faithful remnant, to save them from Satan's deception. I need you, my holy remnant, to suffer and cry with me so that the mercy of God our Father can save them. You are my body. My eyes must pierce the darkness through your eyes. My hands must heal the multitudes through your hands. My feet must travel to the ends of the world proclaiming my message of love and mercy through you. My words of everlasting life must be spoken through your lips. The fire of my sacred heart must spread through your hearts that are consumed in the passionate fire of love in me. Raise up my victims of love for the new evangelization to begin. We are women that do a lot. We are women that are very busy. But God needs more than what we do. God needs fully us to give him completely our feminine hearts. We can get to the end of our lives and have done a lot, and yet have not become. God needs us to become love. God needs us to be one with love so that everything we do can be transformed into love. That is what he needs from us, from his women. I brought to you a very special photo that I have here of the Pieta. I think that probably, I think, Every holy woman, I'm sure like all of you here, have a special place in your heart for the Pieta. This special picture is in my altar, in my room. And I meditate upon it very often, daily. To me, when I see our Blessed Mother in that photo, reveals a restored femininity. Women were created by God so special. We were created to give ourselves completely. That's what our Blessed Mother is revealing to us. To give ourselves fully to the Lord and to receive many in our motherly embrace. Look at our Blessed Mother in that picture. In that picture, you see the depth 
of the heart of our Blessed Mother, the depth of a fully restored feminine heart. She gave herself fully. Her fiat was complete. She hold, held nothing back. That is why Mary can say, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done with me according to thy word. She gives herself fully. And then she receives from God nothing less than the Son of God. She receives him in her arms as a baby. With her tenderness, with her love, she forms him. She forms Jesus to be the perfect victim of God. My sisters, then, she not only forms him, Mary is the strength for Jesus. She is the one that walks with him and helps him get to the cross. Mary did not follow our Lord to the cross, my sisters. She walked with him. And then, as a true mother, a restored femininity, who else, what a heart like that, she gives him to be sacrificed to God and then receives him, his dead body, in her arms in the Pietà. And do you know what Mary is doing in the Pietà? Because her son is dead. But Mary is alive. She lives the martyrdom of the heart to perfection. And she continues every day of her life to offer him to the Lord, to the God, his sacrifice and hers as one with him for us, for our salvation, for our restoration. That, my sisters, is a fully restored feminine heart. This is what is possible for each of us. This is what the Lord wants from us. This is what the Lord needs from us, especially for these times in the church and in the world. Therefore, how, how are our hearts going to be fully restored? Well, that's been part of the path you've been on this entire weekend. And I'd like to speak a little bit of something Father Jordy spoke to you about. Self-knowledge. It's crucial. The Lord came, and I think Father Jordy probably mentioned this to you, and Simeon gives that prophecy. The Lord came to reveal and to expose the darkness in the world and the darkness in each of our hearts so that the light of God himself can penetrate it, heal us, and bring us fully to restoration, to be the women we were created to be from the beginning of time. To possess in our feminine hearts the power of God himself that he wants us to possess. I'd like to take you a little bit through the Gospel of John, chapter 6, because I was on retreat with some of the sisters in our community last weekend. And for the past two weeks, the Lord has been teaching me a lot through John chapter 6, so I'd like to share a little bit with you. 
If you notice in the life of Jesus with his apostles, he spent those years constantly breaking through the hardness of their hearts, breaking through their human understanding, breaking through their prejudices, breaking through their fears so that they could become the men God created them to be. Therefore, part of what we need to do as women is we need to allow the Holy Spirit to break through our hearts. So, the chapter 6 of John begins with a story, with a parable you know well, the feeding of the 5,000. And so I'm not going to read the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. But I am going to read to you just two lines, verse 8 and 9. It says, One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many? What are they among so many? Five fish and two loaves of bread. And what does the Lord do? He feeds 5,000. Do you understand, my sisters, that from the beginning of time, the Lord continues to work not with the mindset of the world. He continues to do the impossible with the few. This is what he needs to teach us. But I have to share something very amazing that God taught us last year in our Love Crucified retreat that came through an incredible inspiration through Father Monsignor Ron. And it was so amazing. Monsignor Ron had us think about the mother that made that lunch. She's not even mentioned in the gospel story. But there was a woman just like you and I. I could have, I've been, you know, while I was preparing this, I was thinking of that woman. She's so much like us. My son right now is in a retreat for his confirmation. What did I do? I made sure he got on that retreat to encounter Jesus. I made sure all his things were well packed. I made sure he did not take his telephone so he wouldn't have his distractions, you know? That's what mothers do. In that bag that he's taking is all the tears, all the sacrifices, all the love of my motherly heart for my son. That mother packed that lunch. That mother made sure he went to see the Messiah. And nobody saw the heart of that woman. But God did. And who would have ever told that mother that her one lunch fed 5,000? That is what the Lord wants to do with us. That is the power, my sisters, of the hidden martyrdom of the heart. The power of a mother's suffering in the hiddenness of her being. That's the power. Our Lord has been doing great things with the, like the Pope Benedict says, the Anawim, the humble, the little ones. He's been doing great things with women. Think of Queen Esther and Judith. The feminine heart in those women saved the entire Jewish people. Think of David and Goliath. They were getting ready with their army. 
And here they couldn't def uh, defeat the Philistines. And there comes David with a slingshot. Do you understand? Father Jason spoke to all of you, women of Regnum Christi, about spiritual motherhood. What you need to understand and what that they need to understand is that God is restoring his priesthood. He's renewing his priesthood. He's filling his priesthood with the Holy Spirit. But it isn't coming about through a bunch of programs. Do you know what God is using to renew his entire priesthood? Spiritual motherhood. The hidden life of the heart of a woman. That is what God is using. And it's spreading like wildfire throughout the world. But it's not the ways of the, the world. It's the ways of God. Jesus desires for us to be united to his blessed mother's suffering of solitude so that with her we can rescue many souls. It is through our ordinary daily hidden lives that the Holy Spirit unites us to the word of the cross. I'm sure Father Jordy spoke to you about 1 Corinthians. Read carefully, my sisters. 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 17 through 24. St. Paul tells us the word of the cross is the power of God and the wisdom of God. But we need to beg the Holy Spirit to give us that wisdom. Only then, united and living, in the crucified love of Jesus do we possess the power of God, which is the power of love. This is the hidden force, my sisters, that has the power to transform hearts and nations and pierce all darkness. This is the hidden force that will cleanse and renew the priesthood. This is the power that Jesus promises us through his words to St. Faustina. Listen carefully to what our Lord tells St. Faustina. My daughter, I want to instruct you on how you are to rescue souls through sacrifice and prayer. You will save more souls through prayer and suffering than will a missionary through his teachings and sermons alone. I want to see you as a sacrifice of living love. My sisters, this is a message for us. We need to become a sacrifice of living love, which only then carries weight before me. You must be annihilated, destroyed, living as if you were dead in the most secret depths of your being. You must be destroyed in the secret depth where the human eye has never penetrated. Then I will find in you a pleasing sacrifice, a holocaust full of sweetness and fragrance, and great will be your power for whomever you intercede. Outwardly, your sacrifice must look like this. Silent, hidden, permeated with love, imbued with prayer. I demand, my daughter, that your sacrifice be pure and full of humility, that I may find pleasure in it. I will not spare my grace that you may be able to fulfill what I demand of you. God will not spare his grace from us either. 
He will give us the grace we need to become these women. My sisters, the world is consumed in darkness. Darkness is consuming the world. You see what's happening in our own country. We're in the brink of war in the Middle East. And God is raising up his victims of love, his martyrs of love that have the power to pierce the darkness. Only love, my sisters, can pierce the darkness of Satan. But it is love revealed to us on the cross. Our Blessed Mother just gave an apparition to Yvonne, one of the visionaries of Mejigori. Guess where? Lebanon. In the Middle East, 7,000 Christians were there, five bishops. It happened now in November 16th. I want to read to you the message of our Blessed Mother of Mejigori. She just gave. My dear children, today I want to show you how much I love you. I am sorry I am not able to make each one of you understand my love towards you. This is why I call you to pray and to surrender completely to God. Because Satan wants to lead you away through your daily acts. Satan wants to take the first place in your life. Therefore, my dear children, pray continuously. Thank you for having responded to my call. Two things I want to point out to you. Our Lady is saying, pray and surrender completely to God. What does that mean? That is the surrender. The only thing, my sisters, we can fully surrender that's ours, everything else is God's. That we possess is our will. That's all. When we surrender our will, that is what is a victim soul. That is the ultimate love. I give you everything, my Lord. Why? Because I myself have experienced your everything. I in my heart have received your crucified body like Mary. I have embraced you. You've come into my arms. What else can I give you, my Lord, but everything I have? You see, my sisters, that's a victim soul. That's love. This is what the Lord is raising up. And we as women have a capacity to love in our femininity that's needed for the church in the world right now. Our Lady, it says something else that's very important to us. Satan wants to lead you away through your daily acts. You see, Satan has made us believe that our daily, tedious life doesn't, isn't really important. We have to go out and do great things. That's a lie. Cleaning the toilets, washing the floors, being the bus that takes your children here and there, going to work when you have to work, whatever. The daily life, there is where our life holds the greatest power. And that's what Satan wants to take away from us. And our Blessed Mother is bringing it to our attention. Be careful, women. Our Lord taught us in 2010, the family of love crucified, about prayer. And this began to change my life tremendously, the way I pray and the way I understand prayer. Because Our Lady says in this message to us, pray continuously. 
How do we pray continuously? Listen carefully to the words the Lord taught us. When I say your life is a prayer, your life is an offering. To offer me your life is the perfect prayer. Your thoughts directed to me, directed to love, is a prayer. Your desires to know me, love me, and serve me is a prayer. Your touch is a most beautiful prayer, my sisters. One of the most beautiful things that the Lord has taught me personally as a mother is the power of a mother's touch. That God himself touches humanity through the touch of a mother's hands. Look at the hands of our blessed mother. When we are given to the Lord, our hands, our motherly hands, have the power of God to heal and restore and bring the love of God the Father himself upon the earth. That's the power of our hands. How do we use our hands, my sisters? Your words of encouragement and love to others is a prayer. Your efforts to bring peace and unity to your families is a prayer. Your smile is a prayer. But your most perfect prayer is your pure suffering, united to me and my mother. The prayer of pure suffering is the sweetest fragrance that reaches and delights the heart of the Father. Think about that. The purest prayer we can bring the Father is the prayer of pure suffering. This is also the prayer that produces an abundance of fruit. This is the prayer that is most united to mine as I intercede before the throne of my Father. This is why my mother's suffering of solitude produced and continues to produce showers of graces upon the world. I think Father mentioned to you, Venerable Conchita, one of the most beautiful teachings that the Lord gives Conchita is the power of our Blessed Mother's life in her years of solitude. It was her most hidden years. And it is in that solitude that Mary's maternity is most fecund. How important that lesson is for us. It is through contemplative prayer that you come to know me and the prayer in which I fill, guide, and form you. But it is the prayer of suffering in which you honor, console, and love me and participate in the redemption of souls. The prayer of gratitude and thanksgiving should be your every breath. If we continue looking in John chapter 6, we go to verses 19 and 20. And we begin to also see how the Lord continues to break through our hearts. It says, when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat. They were frightened, but he said to them, it is I. Do not be afraid. My sisters, one of the things the Holy Spirit wants to do in each of our hearts is to come into contact with all the fears, the fears of rejection, fears of being misunderstood, fears of not being accepted, 
fears of abandonment, fears of being ridiculed, and on and on. Many times these fears, when they're not healed, when we don't allow the Holy Spirit to break through our fears, then we begin to wear many masks to hide these fears. In John 6, 41 through 43, again, you see the darkness in hearts and how it prevents people from coming into contact and seeing God. Listen carefully. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. They said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not murmur among yourselves. Two important lessons here, my sisters. First of all, they had their own preconceived notion of what the Messiah was going to look like. So God himself is before them and they don't see him. But do you realize that the same thing happens to us all the time? The Lord comes to us and reveals himself to us in so many ways. But when those darknesses and those prejudices have not touched the light of God, they block us from seeing. And the Lord says something very important. Do not murmur. I want to share something with you that I shared with the family of Love Crucified. Satan came at that moment into the hearts of those men. Why? Because he could. There was pride and arrogance in their hearts. My sisters, when there's pride and arrogance in all of our hearts, because there is, Satan can manipulate us too. You all know of anybody, the women of Regnum Christi, you might wonder, my goodness, how can it be? You are doing such amazing work. And you're being blocked from within the church. How does that happen? Well, gosh, it's happening to us too. Because the darkness in the hearts of many prevent them from seeing the work of God. The Holy Spirit wants to break through that in all of us. Guard yourselves, women of Redmond Christie, against the sin of murmuring. Satan will always bring us to murmur. And murmuring is extremely dangerous. I am sure, you know, let's, we've all fallen into the sin of murmuring. It happens. But the Lord is bringing it to the light to, to protect us. Murmuring always brings division, misunderstanding, hurt feelings, woundedness. That's the work of Satan. When those men were murmuring, they were getting each other. They were bringing division. And guess what? Almost all of them walked away from the Lord. Isn't that what's happened also with you? In Regnum Christi, in the Legionnaires. What is the opposite of murmuring? The work of the Holy Spirit is transparency. My sisters, I am in awe as our little community is being formed at what the Holy Spirit does every time we are transparent. 
Transparency is always in the light, so the Holy Spirit works the opposite of what happens in murmuring. In transparency, it brings unity. It brings love. It brings understanding. It brings reconciliation. But for us, many times that are wounded, it is very hard to be transparent. It is very hard to go and tell a sister, gosh, or a brother, I heard this, or I heard you speak this way, and gosh, you know, I think there's something wrong with that. It's hard for us to do that. It's easier to be quiet and murmur on the side. We all do it. But part of the work you have all received powerfully last night, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, you must become leaders as women of great transparency so that in your Regnum Christi groups, in the Regnum Christi movement, this will shine forth. The Lord needs you to be women of transparency to help bring healing and restoration because that's what the Holy Spirit does through transparency. Cardinal Ratzinger said, The Holy Spirit, wherever he breaks into our life, always hinders the plans man makes. Isn't that true? It is the gift of self-knowledge and knowledge of God that exposes the darkness within us. The truth of the darkness of the plank of pride within each of us that keeps us blinded and our understanding clouded of the ways of God. Very few souls actually possess the gift of knowledge and so there are very few who are truly humble. The Lord taught us as he was forming us in, in love crucified as Father Jordy taught you at the feet of Jesus crucified, he kept us at the feet for an entire year. And some of us would giggle and would say, gosh, are we ever going to be elevated? <laughs> but you know, it was so important because he stressed for us the importance of being at the feet, the importance of receiving from the Holy Spirit the gift of self-knowledge. Because Satan wants to keep us in the darkness. Because as long as we don't see our pride, and we don't see our envy, and we don't see all the dirt within us, guess what? It remains there. I, I tell you, women, my sisters, do what we did. It's so powerful. Every single day, go to the feet of Jesus crucified. Kiss his feet in the depths of your hearts. Knelt next to Mary. And beg Beg the Holy Spirit to give you the gift of knowledge. The knowledge of your misery and the knowledge of the immensity of God's mercy and love for you. Then, that is the foundation of true humility. Without that, we cannot ascend in the spiritual life. The foundation of the entire spiritual ascent, the foundation of the entire walk of the path, Father Jordi, and Monsignor Ron have been bringing to you, is humility. And that is our protection, so that Satan cannot manipulate us in our lives. It is precisely in our daily hidden lives that we are given the opportunity to live the hidden martyrdom of love, united to Jesus and Mary. Pope Benedict XVI said, 
in 2010. In the crucified Jesus, the divinity is disfigured, stripped of all visible glory, and yet is present and real. Faith alone can recognize it. The faith of Mary, who places in her heart too the last scene in the mosaic of her son's life. She does not yet see the whole, but continues to trust in God, repeating once again with the same abandonment, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. You see, the same thing applies to us that the Pope is speaking to us about. We do not understand so many of the sufferings in our hearts. We do not understand when we have a child that we have done our best to raise in the church and goes completely the other way. We do not understand when husbands come to their wives and say, I don't love you anymore. I don't want to remain married. There are so many things, so many sufferings we do not understand. And yet, what does Mary do? She trusts. She unites her suffering as one with the suffering of Christ. And in that union of suffering, she becomes co-redemptrix. That is us. When we suffer with Jesus, we redeem souls with him. The union of suffering is the union of love. Like Mary, we too do not see the whole, but we must imitate her faith as we choose to trust God in the daily trials of our lives. We too must consistently say, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, as we choose to remain daily united to love crucified. Yesterday, I received a beautiful email from one of my sisters in the community of Love Crucified. And I said, Grace, can I share this with our sisters in Regnum Christi tomorrow? And she gave me permission. So I want to share her email with you. She said, More graces come to me from our accompaniment today. I heard, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, in a new, deeper way. He is really not looking for our human efforts to please him, but really desires our mercy, which is entering into his mercy, his compassion, his suffering. Therein lies our joy, our complete femininity. It brought me to a deeper reality of, this is the kind of the words that the Lord, the motto of love crucified, suffer all with me, no longer two but one in my sacrifice of love. For example, with my mother-in-law, I am always trying to respond in love using my human means, although along with his grace, and I am frustrated when I fail and offend God and others. However, I am learning that I can simply enter into the heart of our Lord and suffer his sorrow over her brokenness and my brokenness, and that consoles him. Hopefully, by entering into his heart this way, I will grow in union with him so that Christ in me can persevere in the time of temptation. I think this is our path to enter into the sacred heart. As you are saying, to enter into this suffering, it requires silence. We must quiet ourselves. Just having one of my aha moments. <laughs> and I thank you, Grace, for sharing her aha moments with all of us. And that made me think 
of an experience I want to share with you that was a very personal experience of my husband and I this Friday while you were here on retreat. The only reason I'm sharing you, sharing with you, this experience of my heart is because that's why I came. To expose my heart fully to you. To teach you. To give you only what I have received through the grace of God. The wife of a very good friend of my husband called us, Peter is my husband and I, and she asked us to go over Friday to speak to her. We sat down with this woman, and before I, she just started crying. She revealed to us the sorrows of the depth of her heart, her woundedness. Her marriage is in great, you know, trouble. She's determined to, to, to stick to it. I could see immediately why the Lord guided her husband to my husband, and they've been establishing this friendship for years. Now, I don't know this woman very well. And I sat there listening to her. I sat there listening to my husband. I was so proud of him. Minister with such tenderness and love to this woman. And I saw the beauty in our 34 years of marriage of what God has been doing in his life. How God has brought a harshness of his masculine heart and through all these years has molded it, making it more and more the true tender heart of a true man, Jesus Christ. And I found myself speechless. I found myself that I could hardly say anything to her. I tried to explain to her this grace that I'm explaining to you. But I was keenly aware of what Grace was saying in her email. What the Lord was giving me was the gift of her suffering. I was keenly aware that I, my heart was like a sponge, that what I received fully were her tears, her pain, her woundedness, and her husband's brokenness. I received it all. I spent my entire Friday not able to hold back the tears. It was a beautiful moment of grace between my husband and I because I was able to explain to Peter the life of a victim soul, the hidden martyrdom of the heart, which is how God has been forming me. And I explained to him that I received this woman's pain in my heart so I could suffer with her, united to Jesus crucified. And my husband, in that beauty of his, looked at me and he said, You know, honey, I understand it in my head. But somehow, I can't grasp it in my heart. And I said, That's okay, you know, but he heard it. And even that was impacting him. But I'm sharing this with you because what has the Lord taught us to do as true women, martyrs of love? Well, I received a great gift, even though it's painful. Because this isn't my suffering. This is someone else's suffering, but I feel the pain. It's painful. I immediately went, they're not Catholic, this couple. I immediately went to the Blessed Sacrament. I bowed at the feet of our Lord. And because her suffering was one with mine, I could do this. I could present it to the Father as one with Jesus crucified and say, Abba, I beg you. My Lord and my God, 
have mercy. Heal the heart of my sister. Heal the brokenness of her husband. And then I was able to go to Mass yesterday. They don't have the gift of the Eucharist, but I have the gift. I could receive my Holy Communion yesterday, and I could give all the graces of that communion for the healing of this couple and their family. Now, does anybody know that's taking place in my heart? Of course not. The only reason I share it with you is that you come to understand the power of love that takes place in the hidden martyrdom of the heart. This is the power of God that can pierce the darkness, my sisters, that we're living in. This is what he wants from us. Now in November, when I was on retreat last week, the Lord taught my heart a little bit more about the martyrdom of the heart. So I share it with you. I can't even begin to tell you, this is, this is how you know it's the work of the Spirit, how much in our community of love crucified, we love you. It's that the Lord has been uniting Father Ron with the Legionnaires for years. It's like I see the work of the Holy Spirit all, many of you know what Father went through in St. Timothy's with the, with the legionnaires. It's to see the work of God uniting us. My friendship, I was in Regnum Christi for years. I didn't leave because of what happened with Father Maciel, but because God was calling me to something else. But in my heart, I still carry immense love, thank you, <laughs> for you. And to me, it is such an honor, such a grace that this Lord is bringing us together. This is love. This is unity. You see, in these times of great darkness, one of the works is the Spirit. Is He's uniting the different movements, the different communities, not to take anything away from each other, but for the full force of God to penetrate the evil that has come. You see, this is important. So the Lord taught us, the martyrdom of the heart is the martyrdom of suffering with love and for love. Jesus Christ, if you could only understand the fruit of the martyrdom of suffering, you would desire nothing else on earth. The hidden life of suffering with love and for love is a far greater worth than great and small works tainted with human recognition. Believe in the hidden force contained in the martyrdom of the heart. This is the purest fragrance of love that has the power to conquer the enemies of God. This is a message of hope for these times of great darkness. Silence. This is what the Lord taught us in 2011 in, about silence. This is very important for us as women. That's why Grace said we need to enter our lives into this stillness interior so that God can work. The Lord said, silence allows you to embrace fully the sorrow of your heart. Silence allows you to enter fully the sorrow I am permitting in your heart. This is very important because our human nature and the world wants us not 
to feel the suffering. We have many distractions. We will turn to alcohol. We will turn to drugs. We will turn to shopping. We will turn to accept TV, excess exercise, all kinds of things to keep us from fully feeling the pain. The Lord is teaching us something else. Enter the sorrow. Allow our hearts to fully embrace the pain. Like this. This is what Mary did. Do you think Mary did not feel the sufferings of our Lord? She suffered, and that's why she is the queen of all martyrs. She is the martyrdom of the heart. We must again feel the sorrow, because in that union, that's what draws us into the sorrows of the sacred heart of Jesus. That is what brings us into the union of the two hearts, so the two hearts can become one, no longer two, in His sacrifice of love. It is our suffering, my sisters, the suffering that a feminine heart is capable of, that brings us into the perfect suffering of Christ. This is the power of love. Therefore, Satan wants to keep us numbed, a society that's numbed, that doesn't feel. Women were not created to be numbed. That's part of our, our beauty, is that we can feel, we can suffer, and we can help our men learn to feel and suffer. That's why Our Lady helped form our Lord to be a victim. My sisters, as the women of Regnum Christi, you must help the legionnaires of Christ become victim priests. Through your sacrifice, you must help them all come to the cross and be crucified with Christ. Then the full power of the ordination will fully come to the church. This is what we do for our missionaries of Christ, and missionaries of the cross. This is my role as a mother of the cross with these two priests that I love so much here. Is to give my life, not only for my family, but for them. So that they, not to pamper them, not to tell them how great they are, even though they are. <laughs> but to bring them to the cross to be crucified. That's a spiritual mother. That's what Mary did. You see? I'll continue with silence. As you embrace this pain and suffering, you are embracing me. You are embracing my pain and suffering and thus entering my heart, for my heart is all pain and love. This is my mercy. To come to know the love of your beloved is to come to experience my sorrow. This is why my mother is the queen of sorrows. For it is she who lived most perfectly consumed in my heart. This union of sorrows must move your heart to love all by suffering with silence, peace, and abandonment for all your brothers and sisters, my sons and daughters. Exteriorly smile and tend to the duties of your vocation with detail and love, but interiorly, through the arms of silence, live embracing your sorrows. In this way you are embracing my crucified body and soothing my wounds. This is the life of love, for it is the life of my mother. You see, the Lord is teaching us how to be, how to live the Pieta. 
That is how we live with Jesus crucified in our arms, offering him continuously to the Father. That was the life of Conchita. That was the life of St. Faustina. That needs to become our life. Jesus' sacred heart was wounded, pierced, and disfigured during his hidden life. He lived the interior martyrdom of love with his mother. Jesus' heart is pure in all love. This is why it also suffers infinitely. Jesus as God-man knew the hearts of all people. He saw and experienced their darkness, spiritual blindness, pride, arrogance. He saw and experienced the suffering of his little ones who suffered without holy shepherds. This tore at Jesus' most sensitive heart. He saw and experienced the hardened hearts of those who lived by the law, but not by love. Their hearts had grown so hardened, especially the hearts of the religious leaders. Jesus suffered this torture of his heart in silence and hidden, only known by his mother, who was united as one to his suffering. A pre as priest and victim, he lived each day of his earthly life, offering himself to the Father for our redemption. He modeled for us the life of a hidden martyr of love so that we, his hidden victim souls, could follow in his footsteps as Mary did. St. John of Avila writes about the martyrdom of love. Listen to the words of St. John of Avila. The love of God does not consist in mere words, but in sorrow and bitter sufferings, in being despised by the world, abandoned by all creatures, and it may seem at times in the withdrawal of even our Creator's favor. Do you realize, my sisters, that actually with all the suffering you've been through in Regnum Christi, that God has given you a gift? He has given you the gift of coming to share more intimately in His suffering. You have experienced being rejected. How can you ever come to know the suffering of Jesus Christ's rejection if we do not suffer rejection? You have been given a gift. Live it well. In spite of all these trials, the Christian's courage must be firm. He must not complain, not lose heart. He should imitate the martyr who, while they were disemboweling him and tearing the flesh from his bones with iron hooks, had no words on his lips but the name of Jesus, nor any thought in his heart but blessed be God. He was willing and resolute to bear even greater torments if it pleased God to send them. Affliction when born for Christ is both a gift and a grace, which he only bestows on his favorites. Let us strive to be martyrs by patience, for though our pains may be less severe, they yet last longer. We ought not to wish for a happy life, but prefer a martyrdom on earth. It was our Lord's portion, and he wishes ours to be the same. Some have died as martyrs for the faith, and others have gone to heaven without doing so. But we must all be martyrs of love if we wish to arrive there. 
This love must be a torment and a pain for us because by the offense God given to God by ourselves and others, it must deprive us of all comfort in life and load our shoulders with the cross. It must make us embrace hardships and overcome them by the burning charity God has kindled in us. This love so carries us out of ourselves that it makes us perfectly insensible to dishonor as wine takes away the reason of a drunkard. Like all strong affection, it makes a man forget himself and care only for his beloved, who in this case is God himself and his most holy will. We cannot fully realize the strength of the love which tortures us here and will console us in the next world. Let us believe what God has told us of it and walk in the faith of his word, for we have still a long journey before us. Thank you, St. John of Avila. This is a witness of a mother of the cross. I find myself now in my life striving to live as a mother of the cross. Through the immense mercy of my Lord, he has begun purifying my heart in the furnace of his heart. And I find myself loving more purely and also suffering with greater intensity. I see and experience the darkness in the hardened hearts of those that are closest to me and my heart cries. I go out into the world and I see and experience the spiritual blindness of my brothers and sisters. For now I also see all people as my brothers and sisters in Christ, and my heart is pierced with sorrow. I see so many women of all ages dressed provocatively because this is fashionable, and my heart cries for them. So many souls do not know the love of the Trinity, and my heart seems to want to offer myself as a living sacrifice even more. My Lord and my God, how can it be that so many souls do not know your love? How can it be that love is not loved by so many, especially your beloved sons, your priests? The Holy Spirit seems to be drawing me into the hidden life of Jesus and Mary, because here lies the secret of how I can live my life helping to save the souls of my family and many more. I understand with such clarity that I will be in my hidden that it will be in my hidden life that I can live most united to the word of the cross and thus possess the power of God to save souls as one martyr of love in Jesus and Mary. Our human nature seeks my sisters to be noticed to be appreciated, to be important and do supposedly great things. This is why the world today does not appreciate motherhood. True motherhood is a vocation of hidden martyrdom, reflecting the perfect motherhood of our Blessed Mother. Here lies the hidden power of spiritual motherhood. It is this hidden martyrdom united to Mary that will raise up God's army of holy priests for the reign of the Immaculate Heart of Mary and the new Pentecost that is coming. Towards the end of John chapter 6, verse 52 and 53, it says, The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, 
unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. In verse 60, it says, Many of his disciples, when they heard it, said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? And they left. Jesus was trying to prepare their hearts to receive the greatest gift. He was leaving them the Eucharist. The majority of their hearts, because of their hardness, did not allow their hearts to be pierced. And they walked away. My sisters, his disciples, walked away. But Jesus did not step down. He was even stronger because it was the truth. The Lord has convicted me and the family of Love Crucified. Our mission, my sisters, is to preach the cross, the power of the cross, and to preach victim love that we were all, as the body of Jesus Christ, called to be one victim with the victim so that we could fully be healed so that our femininity and masculinity can be fully one with God so that we could fully be the light and the salt of Jesus Christ in the world. When we preach victim souls, the majority walk away. They don't want to hear it. I will be honest with you. The worst are the priests. You mention victim soul, they don't, they, they want, they go the other way. Father Jordy and Father Ron have a very lonely mission. And yet, the Lord is convicting us, you can't step down because it is the truth. And in it holds the power of God, especially for these times of great darkness. I honor you, you that are here, because many have walked away from the Legion also. And yet, you are the women that have remained faithful. And it is by no, um, it's by the, the mercy of God that you are the ones that are here receiving this retreat. Because God is raising you up to be leaders, to be that martyrdom of love for the Legion. I also want to share with you What happens in all our families? Many of us have grown up in dysfunctional families. What makes a dysfunctional family? The sin of the parents, of the grandparents, it can be generations. It also happens in the church. It also happens in communities. My sisters, the sin of the founder of Regnum Christi, Father Maciel, brought a disorder into the family, brought a disorder of control and fear. And yet God in his infinite mercy, because no evil, God is above all, he's all love, has done great things with the Legionnaires of Christ and Regnum Christi. What the Lord has placed so strongly in my heart, that's why it meant so much for me to be here with you, is that he has allowed me to see 
He has allowed me to feel in the depth of my feminine heart what he wants for the Legion and Regnum Christi. It is so amazing. It is so beautiful. And he needs you. He needs you. Because with a restored femininity, my sisters, you can help heal and restore the disorder that the founder brought in. So that the Lord can bring and elevate Regnum Christi in the church to be fully the power of love and God that he created it to be. And you have a special role in this. You must understand this. That's why I say be women of transparency. Guard, help each other, do not fall into murmuring. I will end. The Lord conquers death by himself, crucified to a cross with only a few united to him, the remnant. The gospel is spread to the entire world through the few, his weak, limited men. The triumph of the cross is God's way of conquering death. The decisive battle at hand will be waged and won in the same way through the cross with God's few. His remnant who respond fully to God's love who receive the wisdom of the cross and become one with the word of the cross. In Conchita's diary, at the end it says, Pure love is a far greater apostolic fecundity than the most outstanding works accomplished with less than love. It is at the eve of life in silence and isolation, in prayer and in sacrifice, that God's mother attains her maximum of love and her fullness of apostolic fecundity in the service of the Church of Christ, just as Christ himself did not save the world in the luster of his word and his miracles, but on the cross. The Lord gave a message to the mothers of the cross, and I bring that message to the women of Regnum Christi. This is our Lord speaking to you. My little ones, you, my little ones, are the consolation of my suffering heart because you each have united yourselves to Mary, the mother of God and the mother of all. As I gaze at each of you, I see her beauty radiating from you. Allow her as one with the Holy Spirit to form each of you to perfection. I need you, my faithful ones, to bring life to my priest, for the mothers of the cross, it's the missionaries of the cross. To you, the legionaries of Christ. It is my hidden martyrs of love in perfect union with the queen of martyrs that will raise up my apostles of light. Know that I have taken my abode in each of your hearts. Therefore, radiate the humility and purity of my mother. Do not grow weary in your hidden life of suffering all with me. For you are my holy remnant that God the Father will use to purify my church and pierce the darkness penetrating her. Therefore, go forth, my daughters, as my holy warriors with Mary to seize the dragon and cast him into hell. I bless you with my precious blood and seal you with the power of my cross. Amen.
I'd like um to also share that you each I'd like um I don't know uh, Karen who would give you the Mothers of the Cross as a gift from our hearts brought each of you a red rose and we made these little bookmarks so you have there's words that our Lord our Blessed Mother taught us called the red rose of humility and on the other side are the words I just read to you I need you so this is a gift from us to you. You're welcome.